This week on Launch Stories. From day one, it needs to be your strategy to scale abroad. So at the first deck you're sending to the investors, there need to be a strategy showing why you want to go outside of Poland, why this will be Germany, why this will be US, what background you have to understand that these are the markets you want to take over. So, so this needs to be in the DNA of your startup from day one. Welcome to Launch Stories, the global startup podcast. I'm your host, Zoltan Vardy. The Launch Stories podcast gives you a taste of what it takes to launch a global startup. Listen to founders share their personal ups and downs, their professional wins and losses, and the lessons they've learned along the way to building an international company. You'll also hear from accelerators and investors that support entrepreneurs along their journey around the world and what they think is the recipe for startup success. So join me on Launch Stories, get inspired and learn the ingredients of a successful global business. My guest today is Agata Kwasniewska. She is CEO of ReactorX, one of Central and Eastern Europe's leading accelerator programs, supporting early stage startups since 2017. Agata is also an ambassador of Startup Poland, a, a grassroots organization created by successful Polish startup founders to improve the local startup ecosystem by influencing policy makers, educators, academics, and the media. I'm excited to hear more about Agata and the great work she's doing to support the next generation of global startups coming out of this important country in Central and Eastern Europe. Let's listen to her launch story. Hello, Agata. Thanks for joining me. Hello. I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Agata, let's get started with a very basic question, something I'm sure people would love to understand. In the broad scheme of the kind of startup ecosystem of founders, of investors, of, of various players, what role does a startup accelerator play? We are doing this hard work for all the VCs and corporates that would love to work with startups, but they feel like there needs to be um, a background work done. And we are doing this. Uh, we are educating uh, first-time founders on every startup methodology there is and about everything they need to know before they reach out to a bigger partner or uh, corporate or a VC fund. Do you think that the focus of your work is to support startup founders and the business side of building a company, or is it also the product and the technical side? So both, definitely. Uh, we can give the technical side and the business side. What we cannot give is the industry expertise. So this is why we are really looking forward to working with professionals. And we don't really care if you're a great a physiotherapist, uh, somebody experienced in post-production uh, or an interior designer. And I mentioned all these areas because uh -huh. these are our startup success stories um, by people from these industries. What we are looking for is for people that know exactly the problems that their industry have and idea to disrupt it, to solve the real existing problems, which we can agree on that. The biggest issue with startup is if they are solving the real problem, the real existing problem or an unexisting just created in their minds situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always say that, you know, that's when, when I when I mentor startups, I always start with what is the problem you solve, right? That's the fundamental principle of any startup. I've often found that a lot of companies that get into this uh, technology driven space are driven by people comfortable with technology, but very uncomfortable with business. Have you found that to be the case in the startups that take part in your accelerator program? Yeah, I feel like having a great technical mind on board solves a lot of problems. 
and then I would say adding this business side, it's a little bit easier than to find a great technology a partner, right? So this is a case that it's often occurring and, and even VCs are entering these cases. So, so I would say it's a good situation to start from. So developers with startup ideas are always welcomed, obviously. What is worth to mention here, I would say, uh, is that we also save time and money in the sense that People are getting so attached to their ideas, to their startup ideas. Um, sometimes the ego plays the, the big role here. And they would spend a lot of money and a lot of time before even testing uh, their prototype with customers. So before entering the market, they would just create this beautiful prototype, like perfect with multiple functionalities. Over a lot of time, right? Spending a lot of energy and time. Yeah, exactly. Involving uh, a lot of uh, technical teams and so on. Uh, so we are stepping here and saying you have 10 weeks and no money and no resources. So do it with a um, piece of paper and pen and go out there to your customers. Test the first prototype of your solution. So uh, so this is the, the role of acceleration program as well to ask people to step back and actually go out there and listen to their customers. I think the way I would put it is you give them a reason to focus and to structure the process of building a company and smooth their path into the marketplace. Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned that you've had a, a couple of success stories come out of your accelerator. Can you talk a little bit about those and what separates those from, let's say, the others that you've had show up in your, uh, your program over the years? Absolutely. Yeah. So the success stories of our startups are also showing the path of Reactor X. Uh, and we started from helping students and then later on, we quickly moved to uh, helping more like professionals. So, so you actually evolved from students to actual startup founders. Yeah, yeah. So, so we decided, okay, what uh, is the difference between a student and a professional that already is a little bit uh, older and has maybe a family or a mortgage? Uh, we would say the determination. So we thought we need people that are determined. And this determination, I would say, is the first answer to your question. So we need to see that people are willing to dedicate and sacrifice a lot to deliver their project and to wake up every day and do the same boring stuff with it's like with athletes right they need yeah. just to do every day the same things even though the world is just crushing and it's very interesting because that's some of the things i talk about as well in in that at the end of the day success is not built on the back of fantastic breakthroughs mm -hmm. it's built mm -hmm. on the sweat that comes from doing the basic things right over and over and over again in the same way that an athlete will train and swim those laps in the pool and run those uh laps on the track it's not the glamorous stuff that builds success. It's really the day-to-day -day grind and, and committing to that. So the companies that, you know, maybe you could mention a couple of them that came out of ReactorX that really did that process correctly. You talk about those and, and what you found? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I, I started talking about determination because this is exactly what we saw in the eyes of uh, Piot uh, from the project called Rendero. This is a. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm familiar with Piotr. Yeah, I've seen him present. Yeah. No, quite a character, right? Big guy. Yeah, right. Wears a <laughs> small jacket. <laughs> yeah. Very charismatic person, very characteristic. Um, so, so he was exactly the ideal type for us. So he was a professionalist working in the post-production industry, uh, working for big uh, film um, industry uh, companies. 
And then he came and he said, listen, these post-production guys have this huge problem. They are traveling with these huge machines for the post-production. And this is just makes it impossible to shoot a movie and post-product it in many different countries. There is like a real problem that I have an idea how to solve it. And he had no idea about the technology. He had no idea about the business. He just was a real professional knowing his industry. And, and he was solving a problem that he had experienced himself, which is typically uh, the common theme among successful startups is oftentimes the founders themselves come across something that they they can't solve and they figure well let me try to solve it myself and he was the guy who was ready to face the wall every single day so he sold his car to pay his first developer and he wasn't stopping like even though all these problems were uh just floating him he had this determination to just dig and dig and dig every single day to wake up and go further and this is what we saw in his eyes this this spark that we knew that okay this guy will deliver no matter what and this is what investors are also investing in right in a person no matter what crazy idea they have they know this is the person who will deliver no matter what right yeah and and, and i hear that often right from investors uh that at, at this stage especially at the stage when which you're involved which is kind of the pre-acceleration stage yeah. you're really investing in a team and their determination to succeed and not necessarily in the product of the market because those two things haven't developed yet Absolutely. Another case is Lofty. It's a virtual assistant based on AI to design your beautiful interior of your new flat. And again, professional interior designer for many, many years. Um, and he came across this problem that people are not able to uh, spend money on a real human being designing uh, their homes. It may be like reserved in the minds of people for some specific group of, of, of people. And then an app would just make it so much more affordable and so much popular. And, and that was another interesting case. And the third example that I would like to talk to uh, talk about is uh, Eva from Hashiona. Mm -hmm. And she had an amazing uh, business background. She was developing WeWorks in Australia. But this whole amount of stress and loads of work made her go again into her Hashimoto disease. And she decided, okay, I need to control the levels of stress um, and other factors better. And I would like to help more people do that. And this is how the virtual clinic uh, Hashiona came to life. I see. Uh, the three examples you mentioned, are those all uh, Polish founders? Yes, these are, these are Polish founders. And is that the mission of Reactorix to create successful Polish startups or is it to support broader international startup community? Absolutely. So this is the most important uh, value and mission of Reactorx to be as international as possible. Uh, so we, we do everything in English. And then we accelerated more than 15 different countries' founders. So uh, mm -hmm. we feel very good, especially in the sea region. And we believe... We want to treat the, the especially Visegrad mar market as one because European market is very fragmented. Each of our countries are very small. So focusing on domestic markets might be tricky, might not be very well seen by the investors and might not be a good promise for a scalable startup. Yeah, Visegrad, for those of our listeners who might not know, are the four countries in Central Europe, Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, and Slovakia. 
There's actually a EU-funded program called V4 Startup Force, which captures these four uh, markets and startup supports startup founders in these four markets. I believe you're involved in that as well. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So we constantly scout great startups from all of the markets and then bring them to each other's countries to establish a relationship uh, to start um, implementation of their products in a bigger corporates. What do you think is the key for you as an accelerator, but in general for startups to become international companies? What, what are the, the qualities or the characteristics that you think founders have to understand from day one in order to build a global business? So first of all, you need to have this vision. Uh, you need to not stop uh, and not feeling like Polish market, for example, is enough. So from day one, it needs to be your strategy to scale abroad. So at the first deck you're sending to the investors, there need to be a strategy showing why you want to go outside of Poland, why this will be Germany, why this will be US, what background you have to understand that these are the markets you want to take over. So, so this needs to be in DNA of your startup from day one. And then uh, building relationships with VCs, with acceleration programs, with mentors outside of Poland, that's a great idea. Um, this is what we want to do at, at ReactorX as well, having fantastic mentors like yourself, uh, Zoltan, for example. This is this is our way to help our startups scale globally. Uh, so, so I would say these connections are crucial here. How do you think... Uh psychology plays a role in building an international company. Um, you know, a lot of people are are quite happy with or would be satisfied with building a successful company in Poland. After all, Poland's a market of 40 million people. It's not a small country. What do you think it is that separates those people who are happy with or pleased with building a business for 40 million people or market of 40 million people versus one that really wants to tackle the world? I believe that you just need to have this talent of being a visionary uh of of just addressing something bigger than yourself right and also you just need to have so much fun uh by doing things that would normally be an extreme stress for casual people so you just need to get excited by extreme amount of stress and workload and wow. Being also able to hear no every day almost, I would say th these are the factors. And do you, as in your role at, at ReactorX, manage the psychology of the companies that are in your program? Do you deal with that as an issue? So we, we try to do that. It's maybe the, the hardest uh, part. Uh, we try to do it from the day we are recruiting um, people. So we are trying to see if they are coachable, for example. This is Something we were struggling at the beginning, we weren't really able at first to find out if the person is so attached to their idea that they won't really understand the role of the mentors as well. And you just get like 50 plus fantastic brains working together with you. And then you just close up and say, okay, but... I had this idea from day one. I'm super attached emotionally to it. This is my baby. My startup is my baby. I won't let anything happen to it. You don't want anybody raising your own child, right? Right. So there is no way that I will pivot from that. So this is why we are asking at the recruitment process the question, if we tell you that you just need to resign from your project, are you able to accept that and just jump on another train and join us doing something amazing? And we are trying to test the grounds there. You know, I think that's one of the most difficult questions to answer when you're building a business is when do you let go? Because by nature, as a startup founder, you're you're probably somebody who dreams big. I mean, right? You want to create something from nothing, which in itself already separates you from the pack. 
But you go through that process of identifying the market, creating the, you know, finding the problem you want to solve. You start building it, you start growing, but you just come across these constant obstacles. Where do you think you have to decide that you cut your losses and move to something else or say, I've got to stick with it and see this through? Mm, this is an extremely uh, difficult question. And I believe that each case will be different, but it's the same thing when you're getting advices from mentors, right? So then like you will meet five fantastic mentors and then each of them will tell you something else. And sometimes these are contradictory things. And at the end of the day, you need to be mindful. And I would say like people have to, or the founders have to do this real in-depth um, conscious uh, process within themselves, within the resources they have, because at the end of the day, they will be the ones taking responsibility and receiving all the consequences of the decisions that we'll make. So there is no way that you will just say, oh, but this mentor told me that and I did it. And then my, 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 my world is just falling apart. No, this ownership, it's one of the strongest qualities we are looking uh, in the founders. Mm. So that nobody else from outside world is able to tell you what is the final decision and, and when to stop or when to start um digging in the project and i think as a mentor myself i understand that that's a huge responsibility that i have towards the companies i i work with is offering them insights and context to the decisions but not making the decision for them exactly. and, I th and i think that's a very delicate balance and uh i think people who do this well probably can can understand at the end of the day they can offer advice but the responsibility sits with the the founder how do you select mentors who participate in the reactor x program so we want practitioners in a sense that normally these are people that already failed a lot of startups, but also have some great successes on their account. Uh, so people after exit, these are our mentors, people that have great experience with working uh, with startups before or in huge corporates that knows how to manage the relationships uh, between the corporates and the startups. So we have like 50 plus mentors that cover all the most important areas of the different industries, but also different types of quality in the startup, like marketing and e-commerce and so on and so on and pitching and investors. So this is the most important value is that these people have hands on every day in the startup world. And on a daily basis, they are either managing the startup themselves or they are working in a VC, for example. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what to expect from the startup that wants funding, for example. How has the pandemic and the impact it's had on the way of communication, moving more towards digital versus in-person communication, how has that helped and how has that hurt your accelerator program? It was a huge change for us. Um, before the, the COVID situation, we had actually an offline acceleration program. So we were inviting people to Warsaw for 10 weeks and we were international back then. So we were inviting, for example, people from Kosovo. Uh, I don't know. We found so many interesting teams there, uh, so many great talents, but not so many like acceleration opportunities. So we were just bringing these people in. Physically, you were bringing them into Warsaw. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so we were finding some like small angel investment for them at first so they could actually uh, stay in Warsaw for these 10 weeks. Um, and everything was happening uh, there in Warsaw, which had great advantages because we were getting so close with the founders. The relationships were were so so close and so fruitful. And then the COVID came like maybe two weeks before we started the next batch. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And we were just facing the decision either move totally online or just... Right, or, or just not do the batch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we said, okay, let's just do this whole huge revolution. All the world is changing. We need to catch up too. So we switched to online and it was uh, fantastic for us. So we actually were able to uh, get on board with all these fantastic mentors from Silicon Valley, for example, that wouldn't be able to come for one hour to give a workshop in Warsaw. But we're more than happy to just jump on a Zoom call for one hour. And and this was so broadening our uh, relationships with the VCs abroad as well. Much more international crowd when it comes to the founders. And if I were to talk about disadvantages, I would say the demo day. We are all fed up with online events, I would say, and especially networking during yeah. the online events. Yeah. I didn't feel like there is a formula that would make it actually um, cool <laughs> and engaging. We had to change that. We are still streaming our demo day online. And when it comes to the presentation, that's really working out okay. But then we need to do a lot of moderation, a lot of uh, hands-on work uh, with the introductions, with the VCs between the startups. It's always a lot of work. So, Do you think the startups that are involved in your program uh, are going to feel the negative impact of this lack of personal connection? We are doing everything in our powers to, to make it possible for the startups uh, sometimes it depends on the personality, you know, when you're this charismatic person that is able to connect life with, with people, that's so much easier uh, to do it uh, offline. And obviously you are missing this uh, advantage that you have. But there are so many uh, startups, not to go into stereotypes with the developer <laughs> stuff, but, but there are so many uh, startups that would find it very difficult to approach an investor in the room full of people in the crowd. So I would say us making a very warm introduction will do the job for them. So you can see the the benefits of that. Let's shift gears just uh, a little bit and talk about the startup ecosystem um, from the context of Startup Poland. Uh, I understand that you're an ambassador in this kind of grassroots organization uh, that is there to build a better uh, environment for Polish startups. What exactly is the role that you have and what kind of problems does the organization solve? Of course. So there are three main problems uh, this organization tries to solve. The first is extremely difficult and bureaucratic uh, legislation system, which everyone in Poland is just complaining about. It's hard to do something with it, but we are trying to. And we have uh, successes uh, in this field. So we already made it possible to register a simplified entity for the startups. So this was a huge change. Um, Everyone is really, really happy and proud uh, about it. Mm -hmm. It's much easier now for startups to to set up a legal entity. And then we try to uh, connect the fragmented ecosystem. So there are huge centers of startups in Poland, in the big cities like Warsaw, Krakow, uh, Rzeszów, but there are a lot of interesting uh, projects happening that we don't know about simply because it's so hard to communicate. So we're trying to revolutionize that. And then the third thing uh, is to analyze and report what's happening within the Polish ecosystem. So every year we prepare survey, we prepare reports on 
who uh, are people behind Polish startups? What is uh, the income source? Is it export or import? Are the universities involved? So this database will be helpful for us to prepare maybe new law uh, reinforcements or just suitable help for startups. And this particular organization has ambassadors. I understand you're the ambassador for Warsaw, is that correct? Exactly. And as an ambassador for Warsaw, what are your unique responsibilities? So I need to know what's happening there in the startup ecosystem in Warsaw. What are the uh, new initiatives? What are the startups needs that they tell me about? Everything that's happening in Warsaw that I can report to. Uh, maybe some startups are searching for some partnerships, uh, initiatives that I can know about from the other ambassadors from other cities. So this is how the process looks like. So as we try to wrap up uh, our conversation today, I wanted to get your insight into, I think, probably the biggest question that every startup has, which is, how do I guarantee success? What steps do I need to take in order to uh, make use of all this work that I put into building a business and to create something that, that matters? What would you recommend that startup founders keep in mind as they go about building their business? Maybe I'm not objective, but I would recommend joining a great acceleration program, not necessarily uh, Reactor X. It's a good tip, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but even like YC Startup School, they have so much uh, knowledge out there uh, online available. So if you have just a great idea to solving a problem in your industry, get uh, into startup methodology. See the first steps that the startup methodologies are offering to test and start your customer journey, right? Go to your customers as soon as possible with a piece of paper and a pen. Explain them what you're trying to, to solve and ask them for their feedback. Find amazing mentor that will uh, help you uh, go through the doors that are closed for now. So find someone that you respect, mm -hmm. uh, but also somebody who will believe in your product and project and I would advise not to find a person that thinks exactly like you, but rather somebody that will just throw questions at you and ask the right ones about the project. Convince somebody to be your co-founder. I don't believe so much in solo founders because I feel like if you have weren't be, if you are not able to convince even one person to jump on the train with you, how are you able to conquer the world with it? And ask for help. This is the, the advice. This is actually the biggest learning that I took from my work already for more than four years at Reactor X and uh, in the startup community. And this is something I've never uh, encountered before uh, at any community. In startup community, everyone will want to help you. So mm -hmm. don't hesitate to reach out to fantastic people, to people that you admire. Don't be shy. Everyone is pretty straightforward in the startup ecosystem. So if they won't have time, they will just tell you straight. And this is the, wor the worst thing that can happen, right? But normally people are super helpful. They know exactly that they were in the same spot as you are now. So don't be afraid to, to ask, to make new friends, to establish new business relationships this way. Thank you very much. That's fantastic advice, Agata. Thank you everyone for joining me on Line Stories, the Global Startup Podcast. I really hope you were inspired by Agata's story and uh, some of the amazing tips that she shared with us today. And you learned some of the ingredients of building a successful global business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends.